Amen. Well, that is uh, quite uh, a welcome. Thank you so much. So good to be here. We got back, my wife and I, just um, six days ago, is it? And uh, we're enjoying. Uh, I think we brought the sun, so that is <laughs> because uh, this is very much like Ivory Coast weather. So uh, I feel, I feel uh, uh, at peace. And thank you so, to see so many of you this morning. And um, I'm really excited and uh, uh, looking forward to the next uh, whatever minutes that God is going to bless us. And I really want you to open your hearts and uh, be in a place of not just expectancy, but a place where you want to open up for an encounter. And I believe as you do so, you will not return the same. Somebody will say, but that is quite a statement. You haven't even spoken. You just watch. <laughs> Amen? Because I'm really sure, I mean, uh, uh, the Lord really ministered to me a couple of times uh, in the past couple of days concerning this uh, uh, service. And uh, he spoke to me about things that look actually obvious. It's very obvious that uh, life is challenging right now. It is obvious. You don't need a prophecy to uh, know and to feel sometimes uh, how challenging things are. I mean, we are living prophetic times right now. Remember, Scripture talks about the last days, they shall be, what, uh, perilous times. And that we hear about pandemics and uh, earthquakes and wars and rumors of wars and uh, all kinds of ch things that are mentioned in the, in the Gospels that we are living now. And I feel the Holy Spirit was impressing upon my heart that... Uh, uh, today, more than ever before, the church needs to be relevant. Relevant in addressing real needs and bringing real answers to the needs of people. Because the God we serve, he's the one who made the heavens and the earth. So he knows everything that goes on. But I'm sorry to say, sometimes, I don't want to say most times, but sometimes, the church, the body of Christ, the children of God, they have come to be very religious, very much like, oh, let us go with uh, uh, the flow and so on and so forth. We have made the power of God less relevant in our midst. We talk about, yes, carrying our cross, hanging on there, which I understand the perspective. But I believe we serve a powerful God. I believe we serve a, a, a miracle-working God. I believe we serve a God who is still healing. We serve a God who is still delivering. We serve a God who is still performing miracles, all kinds of miracles. Come on, one, just, one person gave a clap. I believe that you can be more than that. Amen. And I believe today, by the time we are over, and I'm very serious about this, by the time we are over, and don't wait till the end, because, uh, I mean, I've been given a theme, but uh, I'll do my best to tackle that if I can. But I believe this is a time of uh, ministration.
Don't wait till the end. I'm told uh, I give a preach for 30 minutes and then there is a ministration. Ministration actually has started. Because the Bible says in the book of uh, uh, Ezekiel, chapter 2, verse 2, says, when the word came unto me, the spirit entered me. At the same time. So I don't want you to be in a place where, oh, let him come and give a speech or whatever. And then at the end, maybe he will call people forward. And then there will be a time of ministry. We might have that. I'm sure we will have that. But don't wait to that time. Because I believe as we were worshiping, the Lord brought to my attention a picture of the people of Israel. At a certain time in their lives, uh, it happened that uh, because of whatever disobedience they had, the Lord allowed the ark of the covenant to be taken away from them. And it was taken into the, uh, uh, the, 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 the Philistines and they, they displayed it into their uh, uh, gods or whatever, their shrine. And as they woke up, uh, they realized that their gods were uh, 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 upside down and so on and so forth. But the thing is, uh, as they came to the realization that their God was not powerful enough to stand before the Ark of the Covenant, which was the representation of the presence of God, then they got rid of it. And as they got rid of it, they put it on an uh, unexpected uh, 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 material. Because normally, according to scripture, only priests have to carry that. So they put it on carts and uh, a, a horse and so on and so forth. And as they were going, it happened that the ark nearly fell. And someone called Uzzah tried to hold and make sure the ark will not fall. And you will think, oh, this is a good gesture. God will be pleased with that. But God smote him and he died. So in the end, the ark gets to Israel, to the camp of the people of God. So I'm sure David, the king, heard about this story. He said, no, I'm not taking any chances. I don't want to host this uh, 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 thing that kills people. So a guy called Obed-Edom volunteered and decided to get the ark in his house. And as he did so, the Bible says for three months, the ark being in his house, he was blessed immensely. Amen? He was so blessed that the king became jealous. He said, if that thing, if I can call it that way, if that presence of God, if that ark, which represents the presence of God, can bring such transformation, radical transformation, I want it. And as we were worshiping, the picture that came to me is that the Lord was bringing to my attention that you may be struggling right now. You can be in a good place in regards to what is going on. You think, oh, I'm well off. No matter where you find yourself, whether you are struggling with something or not, whether you are on the mountaintop or in the valley, I'm here to tell you that the Lord, through this picture, was telling me that we need to be aware of the fact that we are carriers of that ark. Come on, I'm preaching better than you are reacting. Amen. So don't wait for other people to come and tell you things that they are experiencing. Realize that you can 
actually, literally host the presence because that is what makes you a child of God in the first place. So if you are not one, by the time we finish this service, I will urge you to give your life to Jesus because you don't know what you are missing. The good thing about being a child of God is that with this representation of the ark, the presence of God now dwells in me. And the Bible says he is the light of the world. Is the healer for the sick. Is the deliverer for the oppressor. Is the, the one who brings answers to all kinds of problems. So if I host him in me, what sickness can, can resist him? I hope you understand what I'm trying to say here. If he dwells in me, if I am conscious that I am a carrier of his presence... Even just like First uh, John chapter uh, 4, verse 17 talks uh, about the fact that uh, uh, as he is, so are we here in this world. So as the Holy Spirit was able to do everything that he did uh, in the Old and does it uh, still in the New Testament, he's able to do anything and everything in your life. So I really... I'm not sure you get what I'm trying to bring here, but I pray that God will open your understanding to capture this revelation that I'm not praying. You see, sometimes we sing some, we sing some songs that look a little bit uh, 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 out of place. Excuse me. We say, oh, Holy Spirit, calm down. And I'm like, he's been down for a long time. <laughs> he's not in heaven anymore. He's in me. You see, we have wrong things. I know what people are, are trying to say, but you see, it is about perspective. When I'm taught something, I look forward, oh, Holy Spirit, calm down. And I see some people very excited, very uh, Pentecostals, and then they get some like those uh, Holy Ghost moves and so on and so forth. And I'm like, nothing is coming. Why? Because the wrong description has been given. The right description is that he dwells in you. And the Bible says in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 17, that where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. So as you receive the word, I pray that the impartation, the entrance of your word will bring light. The entrance of the word will bring healing. We will pray for the sick later on. But I want you to come to me at the end of the service and say, actually, when you were preaching, you mentioned it, and I got a touch from heaven. And I don't need a prayer anymore. I have come just to testify that actually I have been healed. Because darkness cannot stand light. If we put off these lights, uh, this place will be dark. But as long as we switch it on, darkness will not resist. And that is what Christ is within you. And the dilemma or the, 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 the difficulty of catching that is that if he is in me in the first place, why is it that I'm going through what I'm going through? You are going through it because it is a setup for you to display the power of God at the level of your understanding, at the level of the revelation that you have because the Bible makes it very clear that Christ has set us free from all captivity. Through his stripes, we are healed and so on and so forth. But the 
truth is uh, many of us, we are still bound, unfortunately. And the problem is not with the one who made the promise. The problem is with you and I, sometimes not uh, understanding properly. So through this teaching and through this ministration, I really want to give you some few tools uh, that will help you come to that place where you know that I am not just a born-again person waiting until uh, when Jesus appears again to go to heaven, but I'm a carrier of his presence. I am a, uh, someone who holds the presence of God. So wherever I go, I am an, uh, 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 whatever, a, a, a blessing dispenser. I am a blessing waiting to distribute to whoever comes to me. But it starts with me first. Are you with me? Yes. Come on. Can I hear, I hear you? So whatever the enemy throws at you, I want you to understand that the grace of God is sufficient enough to carry you. Not just to hang on there, which I understand, but I want to challenge you that uh, God is not only interested in helping you survive. God is interested in making you triumph over the circumstances. That as you triumph, uh, your life will be a living testimony. And for the heathen, uh, when they know your circumstances, when they see the raw power of God, uh, they will have no other uh, reason not to, to believe because uh, they have seen with their eyes. They know the challenge. They know the problem, but they see the change and the transformation. And you can tell them the one who did that is Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. So we want to just go through the theme I was given, but I really wanted to bring that across, that you just don't need anything coming from outside to minister to you. He is within you. You are the carrier of the presence of God. The anointing of God is in you. So just be aware, in spite of what the enemy does, understand that actually it is an opportunity for you to have a testimony. Amen? Amen. So I'm speaking on spiritual parenting as a disciple maker. And the test I was given as a base is 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 14 and 17, to 17. And it reads, I write not these things to shame you, but as my beloved sons, I warn you. For though you have 10,000 instructors in Christ, yet you don't have many fathers. For in Christ Jesus, I have begotten you through the gospel. Wherefore, I beseech you, be followers of me. For this cause have I sent unto you Timothy, who is my beloved son and faithful in the Lord, who will bring you into remembrance of my ways, which shall be in Christ, as I teach everywhere in every church. So in a nutshell, this is a quite short sermon to preach. What Paul, Paul was saying here is that, look, I have begotten you, you Corinthians, and because I am the one who introduced you, who uh, uh, sort of led you into the knowledge of God, I am your dad. You may have 10,000 or whatever many uh, teachers and mentors and so on and so forth, but acknowledge the fact that I am the one spiritually that brought you to this uh, new experience. And from that, we have to understand that what he's trying to say is that every one of us, we need to come to a place where we acknowledge someone above us as being our spiritual authority. If you do not have such a person, let me tell you, you are in a bad place. Every one of us, 
You might be an archbishop, a bishop, a pastor, or whatever worker in the church. We all need spiritual covering. So Paul was saying here, not only he was one himself, he had, remember when he had his experience, he went to Gamaliel. Gamaliel was the one who prayed with him, who who stood with him and helped him uh, 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 get to where he got uh, later on. And I believe uh, through this scripture, what we are told here is that we need to realize uh, not to Take advantage and abuse people, obviously, because sometimes some uh, pastors uh, take advantage of that and sort of uh, take it to the extreme and so on and so forth. That is what, um, not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about someone who will work with you, who will be like a father figure, somebody who has greater experience. Actually, if you don't, you don't even have that, at least your pastor, your local pastor is the father of the church. And you need to honor him with that understanding. Submitting to the authority that he has uh, creates a spiritual atmosphere for you to be blessed. Amen? Amen. But even the pastors, as I'm sure I I, I know very much about Pastor Matt, uh, he has his spiritual authority. I've forgotten his name again. Peter Gilbert. Amen. Thank you. So all of us, if you want to make it in this kingdom, you need to understand that you need a spiritual covering. So Paul was saying, look, you have a lot of teachers. So many of us, we go online and we read this and we read that. We meet people and so on and so forth. But I will urge you that you need to acknowledge and you need to submit to the authority of a higher, uh, 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 somebody who has another kind of grace that you need, that you can connect to in order to move forward. So we have different stages in our spiritual journey. Time will not allow me to read, but some, some of you taking notes, you can read in 1 John chapter 2, verse 12 to 14. And out of that, we understand that in the kingdom of God, we have uh, about five stages that I can mention here. We have children, we have sons, we have new witnesses, we have priests, and we have kings. Unfortunately, I I will not be able to expand more on that because I want to focus on something much uh, more uh, uh, later on. So in order to be a child of God, the Bible says in the book of John chapter 1 verse 12, those who received the word, he gave them the power to become what? The sons of God or children of God. Amen? But the Bible makes it very clear in the book of Galatians chapter 4 verse 1 that a, 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 a child, as long as he remains a child, it hasn't, he hasn't grown into the place of adulthood. He is not different from a slave. He has to be put under tutors. And tutors, we know, can take advantage. Amen. So there is a need for you to grow from the position of a child into an adulthood. And that is spiritually speaking. That is your ability not only to hear, to understand, and to capture the word, but to apply it to your daily activities. And may I say here that uh, boys don't marry, only men do. Similarly, boys don't raise children, only mature people do. Unfortunately, I can't expand on all of those things, but I pray that God will uh, bring it uh, to light. So in order for me to grow, in order for me to mature, the Bible makes it very clear in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 2, that as newborn babies desire the sincere milk of, uh, of the word, that by it you may grow. You grow with 
your encounter with your application of the word into your life. You also grow spiritually, as we will discover, hopefully now, and then by your relationship with the Holy Spirit. So quickly, how does that growth happen? Not only through the word of God, but also Isaiah chapter 40 verse 31 says, uh, But they that wait upon the Lord, they shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like as eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. So three stages here. And you've heard me say it before. Unfortunately, we can't expand on that again. But I pray God will, make, uh, will bring you the understanding. There is a walking stage, there is a running stage, and there is a flying stage. And these all are stages that you need to go through spiritually in order to experience growth. But you grow for what? The Bible says in the book of Genesis chapter 12 verse 2, And I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great. And you will be a blessing. God makes you to grow in his knowledge. Grow spiritually. Grow in capacity. Grow in understanding. So that you can be a blessing. He said to Abraham. And he's telling you and I. And that is the purpose of this series. That we don't have to be isolated. It is not enough for you to be saved. It is not enough for your wife to be saved. You are sent into the world to be a witness, to draw other people who are outside the faith to make them come into the sheep fold. And you are to be a blessing spiritually, physically, materially, relationally, and so on and so forth. But I want to focus more, um, because of this theme, uh, on the spiritual aspects. And in making disciples, you need to understand that you, are, you and I, we are encouraged to make uh, not followers, but disciples. Amen? So, in order for that to happen, the Bible makes it very clear in Matthew 28, verse 18 to 20, that you need to teach the people. 2 Timothy 2.2 2 says what? And the things that uh, you have heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit to faithful men who will be able to teach others for generations. So it is not enough for you to be saved. And it is good that God promised that he's going to bless you. And I'm all, all for that. Yes, I want it, Lord. But apart from that, I want to be a vessel into God's hands. The Bible says in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 20, that we all are ambassadors for Christ. We are all God's servants. And some of us are called into ministry, what we call ministry, quote, uh, quote unquote, amen? But others in the marketplace, in that school, in that business, you are sent by God to be a witness, so God wants you to, I mean, I'm so frustrated that I can't expand more on that, but it is clear that you are encouraged. Paul wrote to Timothy to do that, and so we, through this teaching series, we are encouraging everyone to have people that you mentor, people that you bring to the Lord, that you help grow in their faith. So the characteristics or the elements that are necessary in order for you to be effective in parenting or spiritual parenting are fivefold quickly. 
First is your word intake. Let me tell you, if you want to be a giant in the, in the things of the Lord, if you want to be relevant in the things of the kingdom, you can't be casual about the word of God. Amen? You need a thirst and an hunger for the word. Because the word of God is that spiritual food. Remember Jesus told uh, uh, the devil when he tempted him, man shall not live by bread alone. Amen? An appetite for the word is a sign of spiritual health. And the lack of it is a sign of uh, you being ill. Naturally speaking, when you are not well, you don't have appetite, isn't it? But when you get well, immediately what do you go for? I want a meal. So if your word thirst or hunger is uh, very limited, it is an indication that um, you need some healing. There is no, I hear you here. I'm just challenging you. And these things don't just happen by default. It happens intentionally. It happens by your decision. So the second thing that will help you uh, 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 have a lasting parent, a spiritual parenting is your spiritual weight. The Bible says in the book of Daniel chapter 5 verse 27, you have been weighed in the balances and found light. Spiritually, people can weigh you. And it is not about being bold. It is not about being uh, like uh, overconfident. No, no, no. Somebody said, oh, if you want to seek the sick uh, healed, uh, just be bold and command it. Uh, boldness doesn't work. If there is no anointing, if there is no power to back your boldness, you'll be shamed. So the Bible makes it very clear that spiritually you can be weighed. And as we all know in science, uh, the, the, the bigger the, the a magnet, the more it is able to attract. Amen? So spiritually, when you become bigger, when you become stronger, when you learn to wait in the presence of the Lord, because the one who interacts with him become, becomes one with him. Are you with me? The more you go into the world and you are... Uh, you are balanced. The Bible says in the book of Proverbs, chapter 11, verse 1, a false balance is an abomination to God. A lot of people will be like, oh, I am all for the word at the expense of the spirit. And others will be very much spirit at the expense of the word. Let me tell you, both are wrong. We want a balanced life. Amen? Amen. The third thing in making spiritual parenting very successful, you need to be aware of uh, the reality of making disciples, not followers. Mature Christians are not only concerned about themselves, but they are concerned about God's agenda. I want to win souls because they command Jesus. You see, the last thing that somebody does before he leaves you matters very much. Amen? So Jesus, one of the last things that he said after his resurrection was that go and uh, preach to the whole world. Make all nations what? My disciples. This is our assignment. Thank God for breakthroughs. Thank God for healing. Thank God. Even at the end of the day, even the sick, when they get healed, uh, I mean the dead, uh, which uh, we can raise them, they will die again. But one thing that you will do, that will uh, 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 be there forever, it is uh, your spiritual trophies. Amen? 
So Daniel chapter 12 verse 3 says, And they that be wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament, and they that turn many to righteousness as the stars forever and ever. If you are someone who leads people to righteousness, who makes them come out of darkness into the light, let me tell you, the Bible says, I'm not commenting, you will be a star that will, will be lasting forever and ever. May I say here that the only assets that you go to heaven with are souls you win or encourage, not stuff. Thank God for a beautiful car. Thank God for a nice house. Thank God for a good job, which we are very much concerned about. And we need it. We will not pretend as if they don't matter. They matter. But let me tell you at the end of the day, that is not all that matters. The fourth thing that I want to encourage you to build Whilst you are uh, improving on your spiritual parenting is uh, your assignment. What is it for? Proverbs 11 verse 30 says, The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life, and he that wins souls is wise. Amen? Amen. This should be our desire. This place should be small. In this town, there is not a lot of Pentecostals. If not, I think we are the only one. Amen. Amen. So we should be quick in winning souls. Amen. Amen. So quickly, in order to succeed in spiritual parenting, you need what? Intentionality, determination, and sacrifice. It doesn't happen by default. You need to commit to it. You need to make it a point that I want to win souls. Because the only thing, like I said, that you take to heaven with you are people. All the other things will remain behind. And the fifth thing as I finish, and we'll have some time to pray. You need to be an example to your mentees or your spiritual children. 1 Timothy chapter 4 verse 12 says, Let no man despise your youth. And from that perspective, we are all young people. Amen? We are all young. But be an example for the believers in word, in conversation, in charity or love, in spirit, in faith, in purity. Brothers and sisters, this is the assignment. This is what God is expecting you and I to do. I want to make up my mind that in everything that I do, if I meet believers, I will be an encourager. I'll be someone who will help people think that there is always possibilities. That is who I am. I believe I have been called into the ministry to make people better. So my prayer before I came here is that at the end of this preach, 30 minutes, you should be better off than when you started. And I pray you have. Amen? And my prayer is that not only you are encouraged, but you are also, I mean, challenged to be a blessing to whoever you meet. You don't have to do it in a like, uh, very uh, 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 classical way of taking like, uh, a megaphone. If that is your calling, fine. But let me tell you, by your lifestyle, on a daily basis, uh, you can be an example. Amen? Amen? May I ask you to stand with me, please?
Kabu Shakala Basataya. Jebeleba Riangatabu Sandelebo Sataya. Why don't you just lift up your voice, start to pray. If you pray in the spirit, just pray in the spirit. If not, just uh, trust the Lord to baptize you in the Holy Ghost. That he will be able to minister to you or even speak with your understanding. This is a time of impartation. This is a time of an encounter. This is a time where you want to receive uh, the backing of the spirit uh, in order to be relevant. So open your mouth and tell the Lord... Here am I. Minister unto me. Let your, your spirit uh, let, uh, awake in me. He has been there, like I told you. He's not coming from heaven. He's inside you if you are a child of God. So uh, steer him up. Uh, allow him uh, to bring uh, hope and uh, faith and confidence and assurance uh, that it is going to be well. Uh, open your mouth and pray right now in the name of Jesus. Father, we call upon you. We ask for that infilling of your spirit. Uh, steer the word that you have spoken through your servant within our souls. Uh, we want to be more like you, Lord. Uh, we want to be your representatives. Uh, we want to be vessels uh, into your able hands. Uh, anoint us afresh. Uh, take away fear. Take away doubt. Take away unbelief. Remove everything that uh, fights in my destiny, even by the power of your Holy Spirit. Uh, we thank you, Father. In Jesus' precious name we have prayed. Amen. We want to take a couple of prayer points before we finish. Amen. We want to pray, Lord, grant me spiritual wisdom and power to be a true disciple myself and to make disciples. Amen. I want to be a blessing to generations. But Father, only through your word and your spirit. So Lord, grant me grace. Open your mouth and pray. Spiritual wisdom and power to be effective in my calling. Open your mouth and come on please. This is a charismatic church. Open your mouth and pray in the name of Jesus. Father, we give you praise and we give you glory. We thank you for grace. We thank you for wisdom. Spiritual wisdom for power in your word and in becoming a true disciple myself. We trust you Lord my God for and the empowerment of your Holy Spirit I want to be a blessing as I am blessed I pray in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth grant me grace oh Lord my God to thirst and to be oh Lord my God hungry for the things of your word for the things of the spirit in the mighty name of Jesus thank you father in Jesus precious name we make a, a, a general prayer all together and then we'll have a chance to just worship and uh, see what the Lord will do. Amen? You want to close your eyes and lift up your hands and say, Lord, here am I. Steer the fire of the Holy Spirit in me. Just lift up your voice. Tell him, fill me with your Holy Spirit, the fire. I don't want to be lukewarm. I don't want to be uh, just led back. I want an experience. I want the fire of the Holy Ghost to burn within me, to burn through me. Oh Lord, I pray, let the fire burn. Let the fire burn. Let the fire burn. Burn. Holy Spirit of God, fall afresh. Fall afresh upon us. Thank you, Lord.
In Jesus' precious name we have prayed. Amen. Church. The spirit of the living God is ministering a couple of things in my heart. You see, God is still in the business of healing. God is still in the business of performing miracles. And if you understood what I said from the beginning, being a carrier of the presence of God, the blessing should follow. So today we want to stand and pray. I think we will do this uh, later on. But I want you to be open to it. But as I feel, there are a couple of people in this place who haven't yet committed their lives to the Lord. Because what we are going to ask for a jump start of our faith, we want to experience the supernatural. We want to experience breakthroughs. And we don't want to be apologetic for that. Because you can only be a blessing according to the level in which you are blessed yourself. But the blessing of the Lord, even though they are for everyone, but God reserves special blessings to his children. So if you are in this place, whilst we are all standing, if you feel, uh, I've been going to church, but I haven't made this a, a, a decision yet to give my life openly and boldly to the Lord, acknowledging him as my Lord and personal Savior. And somebody will say, because of time, I did that some time ago. But from within, I know that I've gone very cold. My spirituality is not that much. If you are in one of these two categories, I would like to pray with you. Before we ask for the miraculous, because remember, Jesus said, you will not give the fruit of the children to dogs. So if you are here, let me see you by your hand. I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to recommit my life. There are a couple of hands. God bless you. God bless you. Amen. This is not something you are doing to satisfy me. I am just a messenger. But if this message has touched your heart and you know where you are, you are standing, you are not in the best place, let me tell you, this is the opportunity for you to recommit the things that you are yearning for, the joy that has been like a running away from you, they are possible to get. But only to his children. So if you want to join those who have lifted up their hands, we won't, we won't have time to call you forward, but God is watching. Amen. More hands. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. God bless you guys. Would you please just pray this prayer with me quickly before we have a worship time and then we'll be praying for the sick later and so on and so forth. Dear Heavenly Father, repeat with me. Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you this morning in faith and in confidence that you have called me to be your child. Today, I make a decision to turn my back to the world and to face you from now on. I accept you, Jesus, as my Lord and my personal Savior.
Holy Spirit of God, come within me and help me lead a life to the glory of God and to the good of people. In Jesus' name. Amen. Can we give a clap of friend to the Lord? Hallelujah. We are going to just have a word of a, a, a time to worship. And our service will come to the end. But please, if you are here, the Lord gave me some strong indications. And because of time, you know, I had to skip a couple of things, but it's fine. That some of you with real problems need the real answers. And let me tell you, God has provided those answers. You see, God has given gifts. So one doesn't need to boast, but there are different graces. And I know God has given me the grace to make life better. So if you are here, you want to experience something, you want to connect to the grace to make your life better, I urge you not to go home. I will not be the only one. There will be a team with me here. But you just want to come to the Lord in faith that I have enough with this situation. If you are here not well, God is still in the business of healing. I believe we are going to experience healing this morning. And I really encourage you, you need a breakthrough. You need anything from God. Come expect it. Amen. So I will let the, how do you, how are you called? Whatever. Worship team.